Welcome to Thriving After Lockdown, brought to you by Fortify in partnership with SAFA, the Armed Forces Charity. We're here to support the Forces family, both children and adults, with their mental and emotional well-being. Welcome to the SAFA Thriving After Lockdown project. I'm Tom Fox and I'm joined today by Joe Morton-Brown. I'm a veteran, a SAFA ambassador and a former beneficiary of the charity. I'm now the director of Fortify Limited, which provides mental health training and education to businesses and organisations. Joe is a BACP accredited children's counsellor and she also works with and supports families. Thanks for joining me today, Joe. You're welcome, Tom. We're going to have a chat today about how you can identify if your child has anxieties and worries and how to help them talk about their feelings. We'll also give you a toolkit of games and fun activities that can help to initiate those conversations and support you as a whole family. Before we start, let's hear from some of the children we've spoken to who've told us about the things that worry them. Sometimes when we're doing tests, I, I worry a bit that I might get the answers wrong or that I might get told off because I got, because I got all of the answers wrong or, or, if, or if I'm doing something important, I worry that I might do it wrong. When the sisters, when my sisters say you can't, uh, I can't, I can't play with them, and when Molly doesn't let me read his books, that I was less possible to entertain myself when I was back at home learning because I didn't have any friends. Only I could arrange it at certain times. When my mummy, when I go to school and I don't get a mummy kiss and a snuggle. Like so angry, I get mad, so mad. I'm going like, to lose my temper. Like when, like when I had to do, like when I, I tried, um, like, Right on the start of year one, um, it was like a little sheet with lots of pictures on, and I wanted to get Daddy, my Daddy, on there, but we couldn't print it off to go in the park. Cause the park's so fun. Well, even though we have a swimmer in the garden, but yeah, we don't really go in the garden that much Probably because Dad haven't like cut the grass and stuff. So, really good to hear from children in their own voices. Now, this session is aimed at parents and carers who have children under eight. We're both parents of under eights too, so we have seen a real impact in the past year or so on our own children, haven't we, Jo? Yes, we have. So, Jo, let's get straight into it. In what way has parenting changed over the last year, do you think? I believe that parenting has, has changed a huge amount over the last year, if not a couple of years, because life's got busy, but we've also at some point all kind of had to become more teacher where our home has for some of our children um almost become their their place for school as well what with uh, having to do homeschooling during lockdown so i feel that there's just this greater pressure to keep up whilst there's this sense of busyness social media more time on our phones obviously because it's not just we're not just on our phones for fun we've got 
things such as online banking, the news, everything's on our phones nowadays. So modern day technology is just massive as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that, you know, as a service family, or you know, one of the, um, the concerns that people do have is about the frequency of school moves and potential negative consequences of disruption of um, education and schooling anyway. And of course, over the last year, you know, as you said, having to um, have the children at home and uh, the time that they've missed potentially from being at school and being around friends. Um, and perhaps, you know, as parents and carers out there listening, they may have postings coming up or just been moved to, to new postings, for instance. What advice would you give them to support sort of moves as a family and, and try and keep things as cohesive as possible? I think it's it's a really it's a it's a big challenge to, to make a move exciting. But I think that is the most important thing is to keep it upbeat, to keep it positive, even if the young ones might not necessarily agree. Because what it is, is it's about this sense of togetherness. And I know that obviously, as a military family, it's not quite as easy. I'm going to explain an activity and it might not necessarily be quite so easy because I know that you may need to pack some of your home stuff off before um, you might kind of move initially. But one really good activity is, you know, just to talk with them and to talk about what's going to be coming to your new house. You know, if they want to, to feel important and to create a checklist with the items that are going to be going to the new house, is that the same cups? Is it the same bed? Is it the teddies? You know, really get them to visualise what's coming and what's staying. Because I feel as if we can prepare our child for our next home, they don't know where it is or what it looks like in their mind. But if they can picture the objects then that's the most important thing. And it's about that, that prior plan and preparation. It's about really including them as much as you can, as much as, you know, is good for them as well, because, you know, we know our children more than anybody else. And it's, it's just giving them that sense of, of being involved. And even if that's kind of creating labels to go on the outside of a box or for them to go inside the box. So then when they get to the new house, they know what's in it. It's just giving them that, that, that sense of, of independence and feeling needed. I suppose in other ways as well, you know, we're so used nowadays to picking our phones up. We work off of our phones. I do all the time. I pick it up. No. And sometimes, you know, I have to remind myself that my children look at me perhaps using a phone or, or, or working away. They don't really get it, especially at that age group. And I sometimes have to say to them, oh, I'm, I'm not just looking at my phone. I'm not watching uh, YouTube, for instance. I'm actually working. Or uh, And I explain that to them. And so I think, again, it's, it's making them aware that of what you're doing, isn't it? That you're not ignoring them, even though you're at home with them. And perhaps, you know, while they're at home, they've been on lockdown, etc. Um, or you're, as you say, working. Um, and you're using your devices, it's to, to include them in that, to, to let them understand what you're doing as well, rather than let them think you're just sitting there ignoring them on a, on a device. Most, I think that's so important because when I was a little girl, I would have seen my dad read the back of a sports section in the newspaper. Now it's an app on your phone. So I think that it's just really important that we do just kind of reiterate to our little ones, you know, oh, I'm just doing the, the, the money or, you know, I'm just doing the bills or I'm just doing my emails, just so then that it's not as if you are on your phone instead of being with them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, one of the things that I've seen is the homework that children of that age group are doing at the moment. And, and you know, 
I've let them use my laptop. So I've included them in the, uh, using my laptop, my device, really, if you want to actually do some of their work too. Um, so there are some positives. I think getting them used to using laptops and devices is a good thing and teaching them um, that they can be positive um, and not just a time waste or, 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 or something that um, they can use. Yeah, exactly that. I think that's the most important thing, isn't it? Is this that sense of togetherness. And I think that's really important. And it makes them feel important too, which is always a good one. Now, children of that age group, um, you know, I've seen it. Um, they do, I think, struggle with emotions. Um, there are obviously changes going on, hormonal and, and other things that are going on, as well as the challenges that they may have had about, you know, being separated from friends or not being around friends for so long um, or, or not being in a, a, a formal school environment for a while. Um, what sort of emotions do they mainly struggle with at that age group? I feel that the emotions that they can struggle with can just vary. For, for some of, our, for some of our, our children, they can just really struggle with feelings of sadness, might be feelings of anger. But I feel that the most important thing is, as parents, what we can do is we can just be a role model. And I feel that it's really important that for us as parents and carers not to always be happy. When we are sat at the table, it's to kind of let them know you know, what's been good about your day. Because sometimes if you was to ask a child, how's your day been? They'll go with the negative. So sometimes it's about that wording, what's been good about your day. And also it's it's about being real, you know, and it's about, you know, oh, I had a rubbish day today because, um, you know, I, I didn't have anybody to speak to um, in the staff room. I don't know, just go with this. And it's allowing them to realise that, okay. And then it's like, so I just went and saw a different friend or, you know, you just have to model that their situations in adult world um, because then they can realise that actually they're not alone and that, OK, so if mummy did this and she did that, I'll just go and do that. So it's really important that we model not being perfectionists, but just being real. So, Joe, I've noticed one of the things uh, in my own children is they were worried uh, about going back to school um, initially. And um, what, what can we do to help our children um, if they are worrying and, and to help them through worry? So what we always have to bear in mind with worrying, and this is for us adults too, is that worrying gives us a, a certain sense, albeit false, but this sense that we're, we're in control when we're not. And worrying doesn't help us either. But what we need to do is we need to allow our children to feel heard and to feel valued. And for us to do that, I'd recommend that we consider, you might want to call it something different, but worry wobble time or something like that, where what you're doing is you're creating time in their day for them to worry. Because what we want to do is we want them to, to have these worries where they can express them. But obviously, if they're going around and around in their head, in their head so much, then it's going to stop them from enjoying certain activities. So what you're looking to do is to create certain times of the day where they're allowed to worry. So it might be at breakfast time. They might want to do it at break time or lunch time. It might be as soon as they get home from school or it might be before bed. If they're a real worrier, then you might go with more worry slots. And, and eventually the ideal goal is to get it down to, to maybe ideally once a day. But what we're doing is we're allowing that child to, to kind of acknowledge their worries, but Instead of you worrying about it right there, right then, just park it. And then when it's worry time, we can talk about it. Because what will eventually happen is that child, you've given permission for them to worry. 
is the most important thing. You've allowed them to, to feel as if their worries are real to them, which they are, and we're not dismissing them. But what will happen eventually is that that worry time, it will come and it will be like, okay, so what have you worried about today? What do you want to share with me? And they will have forgotten or it will be something different. So that's just a really good way of acknowledging their worries and dealing with them too in trying to take control in a healthy way. Thanks, Joe. I've also seen um, anger and expressions of anger, and you know, bursting into tears and outbursts has been a bit of a, uh, a problem recently with my children under the age of eight as well. Is that to do with worry and anxiety as well? For, for some of them, yes. Some of them, obviously, it's, it's just children not getting their own way, and you know, that's just their way of, of trying to attempt to get their own way. But yes, for some children, it's just because they have got such big emotions in such tiny little bodies that it is just this sense of, of trying to understand where they're coming from and it's about that patience and about that understanding whilst being a parent myself of, of a seven-year-old whilst at the same time of holding your boundaries and holding that firm that they know you know the, the rules within the house as well. And Joe, can you um can you offer some activities that would help parents and and carers um, to support their children at the moment? Yeah. So I think that movie nights are really good. I think movie nights are really important where parents, carers aren't on their phone, that they're with their children. You can get a blanket, you can have cheap popcorn. It doesn't have to be amazing, but it's just that sense of togetherness. And one of my favourite films is Inside Out because it's all about feelings. And what you can do not only have a family night of a movie, but also maybe the next day or maybe later on in the day is to um, maybe get paper plates and for each of you, and this includes the adults as well, to maybe recreate the, the characters maybe on a paper plate or to draw them or to just talk about each character um, and to maybe talk about, you know, what is it that makes you feel fearful? And like we were saying earlier about that role model, you know, let kids know, let your kids know what you're scared of too. You know, spiders, heights, whatever, just be real and be with them. So as we bring this session to a close, Joe, what would be one of your best parenting tips that you could share with us today? So from a professional point of view, my biggest thing is to let parents and carers know or to at least remind them that we need to slow down, to slow down and to appreciate them being this age because they grow up so quickly. So it's just about making sure that you're appreciating their, their age group and that you're making the most, when you can, of being able to slow down. Thanks, Joe. That's some really great advice. And if you do need further help, please check out the SAFA website for other support and services that are available to you as parents. You've been listening to Thriving After Lockdown, helping you with your mental and emotional well-being. For more information on SAFA and other organisations that can help you and your family, visit safa.org.uk forward slash chatter.